Hello and welcome to episode 197 of the Saints Score podcast, where we discuss everything going on at Southampton Football Club. Well-drilled West Bromwich Albion came to St Mary's trying to test our seven-game unbeaten run, but they were put away by Adam Armstrong's 79th minute strike after Carl Bartley cancelled out Will Smallbone's early opener. To discuss it all, my name is Harry Tizard and I'm joined by Ollie Bose and Jamie Allen. And I'll start with Ollie this week. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm feeling very well rested. Nice. Uh, I went to Cornwall for the weekend, so sat in a a, a farm barn and made fires. So you, you feel very manly once you've done that, <laughs> getting the logs and putting it on the fire and stoking it and looking after it. It's very caveman-like and I felt very, <laughs> yeah, very manly. But no Wi-Fi down in Cornwall, so I wasn't able to kind of listen or, or watch the game. So I've had to I've had to catch up with it at a later point. Um, but yeah, and Jamie, how are you doing after a couple of weeks away and a trip to Millwall and that as well? I'd like to apologise to the listeners because I only missed last week because Ollie <laughs> started not to show up, and I can't let's do not do this later on. But <laughs> let's not do this now. Throwing it out there, but uh, I'm good. I was very happy to go to Millwall away because there's tough tickets to get, obviously being a London away day. But it's, and I've booked Watford away now as well. And anyway, Tizzy, how how are you though, mate? How how's life you know in the Tizzy? Everything is good over this way. Saints are eight unbeaten. There's plenty of football going on left, right and centre, so there's plenty of things to watch. And thankfully, like I said, there's a lot of joy down the south coast. We've got more points this season than we did in the entirety of last season. So we've probably had more happier podcasts this year than we did the whole of the the 22-23 season, which is nice to see. But Ollie, we beat West Brom at the weekend. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, it was a different kind of win, wasn't it? In the fact that it was edgy and we didn't totally dominate a lot of the games we've kind of repeated ourselves and said that we were dominating the ball we're dominating possession and we waited for that final goal when it came this was slightly different we had chances that we put away and we've, we've come away with the three points but I don't think we were wholly deserved to win that game but like I said it's a different kind of win which I think ultimately is good it still means that we don't have to dominate 80% of possession to know we're going to pick up three points. We know that we can also have two reasonable chances and put both of them in the back of the net. So West Brom probably deserves something out of that game, Jamie. But does that show our pro- promotion credentials that if we're getting three points out of a game that we probably shouldn't have, we've got a good chance of going up? 100%. I think that's what the championship is about, is these tight rough and tough games that we're not necessarily meant to win but that's how you get the promotion not necessarily that we won because of luck but that is how the teams get in those player spots if not automatic promotions which we're chasing for and with Leicester losing again to Middlesbrough it's not not they're not gonna put it out there just yet but it's looking a lot tighter at the table than it was a few weeks ago that's for sure well, it's nice to see Leicester aren't the unbeatable force. They thought they weren't going to lose after the, the defeat to Hull City earlier in the season but back-to-back defeats especially against Middlesbrough as well, that a lot of people thought were rubbish when we lost to them. They're not quite as bad as everyone thought. And then they've got Watford next weekend, so um, after the international break, I should say. So that would be a stern test. Looking at the team sheet, Ollie, one change, of course, Holgate in for the suspended Bednarek. And that's the person that you wanted to see. So were you happy that your hopes and predictions came to life? Yeah, I was about to say we discussed this last week, didn't we? We were kind of limited on our options, but I I made the call if I was in Russell Martin's shoes. I made the call and correct me if I'm wrong, he got man of the match. So He, he did indeed. Uh, you know, some people were disagreeing on the TikTok, but I made the call and he got the man of the match. Well, I say I made the call. I mean, Russell Martin <laughs> ultimately made the call, but 
it, it paid off and he had a brilliant game. So for me, it, it's it's nice to know that we have a good enough, I think, system understanding with the players that one player can drop out and we can have another one that comes in and it's not too much of a shock for them to get straight back into the the flow and how we play and stuff like that. It looks like one change keeps the majority of the squad settled, but then also one player can come in and have a man of the match performance. So that show the sort of squad harmony that Russell Martin's got on, Jamie, that someone, they might not play for two, three, four weeks, but when they start in a mm. real core position in our squad as well at centre-back, that they can there to be, be trusted. I've been seeing that a lot across like the Southampton social pages. Everyone's it's a it's a collective agreement that the a starting eleven should not change because it works not perfectly, obviously, but it works uh, to the, a very good degree. However, though, but then we do have those players on the bench that seem happy enough to be having their lesser minutes. But when they do come on the pitch, they perform. Like, for example, Holgate, like I said, mad the match performance, and then super sub that is um, a little wee man coming on and getting goals and assists mm. left, right and centre. So it shows that there's a lot more happiness in the squad compared to like Premier League where everyone, you can tell, wasn't really invested in the project. Well, five minutes in, we found our opener, Adam Armstrong, couldn't quite find his way past Alex Palmer, but Smallbone got his shot just over the line. What sort of impact is Smallbone having on our team? Because that's three goals already for the season. Ollie. <laughs> yes um, no, he's, been, he's been playing really well I think we said this last week as well I said that he's a player that's kind of going underneath the radar and doing everything that he needs to do in that position looks slightly out of favour or some people questioning that earlier in the season but then again I think when we had those losses in a row a lot of things were being questioned but he's held his own I think his knowledge of the championship from last year is really coming in good stead um, and he's getting numbers and contributions, whether that be goals or assists and stuff like that. He's really, he's really providing an actual output for the team as well. So I'm really happy to see him come in. And there's also that that really nice factor as well that you know the the academy is working. I mean, it's not just players that we've signed in the windows and it's been good recruitment. It's players that we've we've brought up all through the systems, through the ranks, and he's he's um, making the first team now as well, which I think is a real positive for the way that um, we like to bring through players. Because as we know, we're a really academy-based club and provides opportunities for the younger players as well. So yeah, just another positive in the fact that he's playing well. Is it also nice to see, Jamie, that, that trifecta in the midfield of Downs, Smallbone and Stuart Armstrong as well. They're getting a lot of minutes together and it feels like we're retaining the ball a lot more. We're not making as many mistakes, I should say, and says mm-hmm. we're not giving the ball away a lot. And having that, those three players, maybe Smallbone's injury could hurt that. We don't know how serious that is. But you can see at the heart of our team, things are going well. Well, I think that's our main issue last season. We didn't have that core in our team that would always play. Because it was before then, it was obviously Romay was main main like lungs with the team. And it was Prousey, then like a striker of Danny Ings' calibre. They had a three that was there to help us, the team. And the same when we were getting promoted last time, we had the likes of Lalana, Lambert and then Fonte at the back. But now we've got this solid three that hopefully won't change too much. I think it's, it's so important to our squad. But I do feel a bit sorry for likes like Shea Adams, though. To, Shea Adams? Sorry, no, Shea Charles. I was like, <laughs> I feel sorry for him. But uh, Shea Charles, who came down from City to have first-team football, unfortunately has fallen a bit of a wayside. And I know Northern Irish fans aren't too happy about it. But I think having those three working so hard together in the middle is key to our promotion push. 
But Jamie, do you think over a 46 season, Shea Charles will get his chance? I think between mm. now and the end of the year, we've still got nine fixtures. So there's no way Downs, Stuart Armstrong especially, and Will Smallbone mm-hmm. will be able to play all of those games. That's a fair point. But I, just, I, just, I just know the fact that he came for minutes and I know he's not, he's not getting back. Like I said, I think with the squad harmony that we have at the moment, hopefully he understands that. And Russell Martin's probably told him what you just said there, how there's so many games to play in the championship. So hopefully he'll get those minutes back up again. Probably possibly fight for his place, because especially like, like I said, with Stuart Armstrong and Will Smallburn as of late have a bit of an odd injury record. It, I think he will have his chance to solidify his spot in the first 11, but it'll be interesting to see how long that'll take. There's also some bright sparks from Adam Armstrong as well. He's caught offside twice in quick succession, but it was really, really tight. And just his body movement to get in those positions. And he was someone that we were highlighting last week, Ollie, that he might not get a load of touches on the ball, but if he just about timed his run, he would have been in in on goal twice really quickly. Hmm. I think it's something that's been potentially coached because I don't think we've seen too many of those balls that have gone straight through the lines, not just to the striker to bounce off and then potentially bring in the midfield, but go all the way through. And I think it might be something that Russell Martin's highlighted and realised there's teams that play us really high because they want to press on to us and try and break down our possession play. But if you can play it all the way through and cut out not only the midfield, but the defensive line as well, you can use Adam Armstrong's pace to get in behind and be one-on-one. And he was clear both times. I mean, he was maybe half a yard offside both times but they tried it twice and it worked and I think all it takes is him for it to start his run a yard less and then he's through on goal so um yeah really really good use of Adam Armstrong's pace and um but yeah I think it's something that's more come from Russell Martin's side I think something that might be might be coached because when I when I watched it it's two basically identical passes again really nicely weighted passes from uh Harwood Bellis but I think it's from more from the manager's side that's noted that and think this is something we can use to our advantage. And after a couple of chances in the first half, near the end of that, the first 45 minutes, West Brom were growing into the game. Brandon Thomas Asante had his shot headed wide by Holgate. Yakushlu shot over. And then in the second half, they really grew into it. They are a second half team, West Brom. Ollie, do you, do you know why we sort of dropped off? I think against Millwall, if anything, the first half we didn't do too much and it was really the second half that we really began to dominate. Whereas it was a bit of a flip in this side. Yeah, I think maybe West Brom tweaked a few things and um, maybe maybe found a way to kind of nullify us a little bit. I couldn't really tell you exactly what it was. I think West Brom just kind of built in confidence and thought, here's a chance here to go and get some points. I think we got a little bit overwhelmed and felt like we couldn't play our own style. Um West Brom, again, they like their throw-ins, they like their crosses, which is something we've been susceptible to um, earlier in the season. And we did kind of hold our own eventually. There was a little slip-up, which we'll mention in the middle, but in a minute. But yeah, we know they're physical. Um, we know how they kind of want to play. But I think we kind of struggled to get our own uh, hold on the game for, for a little bit. So it seemed like we were waiting to make those substitutions. And I think a little bit later on, we do have the players and we can make those early substitutions as well. I don't actually have the, the minutes of the substitutions, but you could tell something needed to change up and we ended to do it. But yeah, I think that for those first 10 minutes or so, we didn't look like we were in control. 
like you said, West Brom were growing into the game and Brandon Thomas Asante crashed the bar before Bartley tapped in. It's something I sort of mentioned there. Do you think we struggled with the physicality and maybe the height of their team? Because our back line and really all of our team across the board aren't the tallest. Where you look at Bartley, you look at Cedric Kipre, Thomas Asante, even Matt Phillips to an extent, they're all quite big characters that can get their head on the ball. Yeah, that is really just noticed. Just looking at that lineup with like Bree, Bellis, Holgate, and Walker Peters, it's really not the the, the biggest <laughs> back four with Bednarek not being there and Jack Stevens as well. And that's kind of like, but yeah, I think you got quite a valid point there. I think we're quite lucky to really not have as much of a threat. Obviously, with West Brom, only had two shots on target the whole game from fourteen shots. But I mean, that's probably why there's so so many because we couldn't really match them physically. But I don't know it's, it's, I don't know if that's a warning sign, not Harry, but if the fact we have got such a small side compared to the rest of the championship. But what's your thoughts? I know it's, it's pretty difficult because the amount of balls that come into the box, I think against Millwall especially, they should have scored from about five yards out and they hit the crossbar. Mm. But if you look at Russell Martin and the way he wants to play, most of the time we won't be doing a loss of defending. If we're going to keep the ball for 70% of the time, we're going to be the team that pushes the opposition back because we weren't able to find that second goal against West Brom to go to and up. It was on them to really put the pressure on, find themselves, find a way back into the game. And maybe because Smallbone came off with an injury, it sort of disrupted our midfield three, something that was really comfortable in the first half that, you know, we were keeping possession well, not a lot of mistakes were happening. And when those little changes happen, when little, you know, they they go just wide, we aren't really creating too much. That's what gives West Brom the, the confidence to be able to go forwards. And that's probably what put panic in us. And eventually they, they deserve that equaliser. Thankfully, they won't be able to get another one. But do you think that was a big part of it, Ollie? That small bone injury, someone that's been so consistent for us over the last few games, you suddenly take him out, even though Charles is a very capable footballer, he's not one of those three in the midfield for the last few games. Mm. I think the first thing you get is understanding between those three players, because like we say, it's been so consistent recently, those three. They know how they want to play. Um, and yeah, we also don't know the extent of Smallbone's injury. Uh, well, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. It could be could be something that puts him out for a week or could put him out for months. We don't really know how uh, the extent of it, but he's been taken off to try and make sure it's not going to get any worse. Um, I think it, he's a great player to take off the bench. I mean, like Jamie said, he wants to be playing minutes and this is a great opportunity for him to, to showcase that. But it does ruin our, a little bit of flow. Suddenly you've got a couple of players now on the pitch that don't play with each other as often. You might not quite have that understanding. Um, and I think it's only natural that it might kind of uh, knock us out of kilter a little bit. Thankfully, we were able to get the winner. Ryan Fraser came off the bench to have another fantastic impact. And I think something that wasn't really highlighted from that goal is we kept possession for quite a long time beforehand. I think it was a perfect Martin goal of going left to right to left to right to left to try and work an opening. We did exactly that. His cross, I think it was flicked on by a defender or... Stewie in the middle, or one of the players that were in the middle, and Adam Armstrong's at the back post to do what he does best. Nine goals now, Jamie. Do you think he could be one of the championship's top scorers? Well, he currently is. Is he not, Harry? So I think he's, uh, he's up there. He's done it. He's done it once before. He's he's here for his brace, mate. He's he's not here for second place. Come on, Adam Armstrong is a, a top quality goal scorer when it comes to championship football, and it's proving not. I don't say proves as to why we signed him all those years ago, but technically speaking, we did sign him because of his goals in the championship. And now they're coming back to help us in this time. But 
I think he just is like, and once he has his confidence in him, he's an unbelievable footballer. And I think if we do get promoted this season, I I think he can continue that form as well. Because once he he knows he can score in this red and white shirt, so he can do it in the Blackburns, white and blue. But now he's got the confidence. I think if we do go up, he can continue that. Because he's like he's only twenty six, which I think is ridiculous. Cause I I kind of because with his beard, he kind of looks a lot older. No, he's not very tall, <laughs> man, but he has like an older face. But twenty six years old. And scoring this amount of goals in the championship for us now, we could have a real player on our hands for the coming years. Now we look at the last thirteen goals that we scored, Ollie, and going from most recent to the last in that seventy-nine minutes, five, ninety-three, nine, twenty-two, eighty-six, thirty-three, ninety-six, twenty, ninety-five, two, forty-one, two. Nine of those thirteen goals came in either the first twenty minutes or the last twenty minutes of the game. Is there? Any correlation between that? Do you think we start really quickly or we wear teams out so they concede these late-ish goals, especially the amount of added time winners that we scored? Or do you think that's just pure luck, pot pot luck? Mm, I'm kind of frazzled my brain. felt like you're reading out a bingo <laughs> card. Um, but I think, I think you're right. I think the first 20 is when we assert our dominance. And I think teams who don't come out of the gate and match our energy will be punished. So I think we get a lot of early goals. I think then we do have a little bit of a drop because teams will sit back. They will defend deep and narrow, which means it will be more difficult for us. I think people will kind of naturally figure out what it is that we are going to do. So I think just before half time and coming out of half time, teams will keep it tight. And then I think we get our reward near the end of the games when there's tired legs because they are going to have to they are going to have to press us at points. They are going to have to kind of switch sides because we will switch the ball quickly. So it will be more taxing on them and they will have uh, tired legs and make some mistakes, even if they do make substitutions. And then we we punish them later on when we're, we're fitter, more energetic, and we have fantastic subs to come off the bench as well. So I think that it does kind of make sense on our play style while we are seeing goals very early and also very late. Fraser coming off the bench, he's got a couple of goals now and he adds in an assist to his name as well. Do you think this almost hinders him, Jamie, that Russell Martin sees him as a player that's so much better coming off the bench than a starter? He knows that if he's got Ryan Fraser on the bench, he's not going to sulk. He's going to come on. He's going to try his best to make an impact. I genuinely don't think Ryan Fraser cares. Because I think, because like you said, when he signed for us, all he wants to do is play minutes and score goals and assists. And he's doing exactly that. Because I think from that, how he was treated at Bournemouth and at, at Newcastle, just being isolated away, I don't. I clearly just don't get that around my head how that happened because he can perform and can can have a good attitude. But maybe it was because he's friends with Russell Martin back back in his Scottish national days. But I just think he's a genuinely brilliant asset to have at the club, and I don't think he minds if he's starting on the bench or even in reserves for a game or two because he knows when he does play, he'll do well. Just one thing to say on that as well. I was listening to Joe Tessum talk about. Um... Fraser and he was saying that he's actually quite an opposite of Sulemana in the fact that Sulemana is very electric and, and young and a raw talent whereas uh, Ryan Fraser is a little more considered but also very smart with the decisions he makes and he, he was kind of saying his impact coming off the bench in that second half where we need to try and make that killer pass or final ball he's very he's very clever in the way that he plays and he rarely makes many mistakes which I thought was a really interesting point that I didn't really think of much but that that combination between Sunamala and Fraser especially coming off on that same side as well 
you've got, you've been run ragged by Sunamano all game, and then suddenly another player comes on who's playing the perfect pass, the the difficult ones to get to, and the ones that end up creating goals as well. So I think that combination, we've got a real good partnership when one comes off the one off the bench, and also maybe a little bit of mentoring as well. I think Ryan Fraser could be a really good example teaching Sunamano when when's the perfect time to play that ball not beat the man for the third time but get the ball in the box so I think it's really exciting to see how that progresses as the season goes on Talking about Ryan Fraser do you think he's proving the doubters wrong I think at Newcastle and Bournemouth he almost had this reputation of someone that maybe didn't try hard work hard he wasn't someone that was good for the dressing room whereas it feels like he's a perfect player for that he's harmonious he's able to bring people together or he's happy to sit on the bench for five six games in a row and he wants to prove his point he's definitely not kicking up a fuss is he I mean uh, and what he's doing is is working which I think any player wants to continue he thinks I know I'm going to come off the bench I'm going to make an impact and I'm getting my uh, goals and assists and in terms of in the dressing room and stuff like that I can't really comment the only thing I've seen is him talking about Taylor Swift, uh, and he seems he seems like a lovely chap. So from going off <laughs> going off those videos, that's what? all I can really. That, I, I don't really know what his impact is in the dressing room, but <laughs> it's a uh, a Premier League player who put up good numbers in the Premier League. I mean, his season he had with Wilson, he had uh, incredible amount of assists between those two. So he clearly knows um, how to get end product, and I think he is a little bit of Premier League quality that, yeah, for some reason wasn't quite right and was maybe made an example for at Newcastle in that kind of transition period that they've had. But um, we're reaping the benefit for it. It's a little bit how uh, Danny Ings fell out of favour when he was at Liverpool and never really got his chance after his injury. But we... We took them over to Southampton and let them prove their point. Well, looking at a few players from that game, let's have a little bit of an overview. Ross Stewart came off the bench to make his debut. Jamie, how happy were you to see that? I just love that number 11 shirt. Stewart 11. Who who wants Teller 11? So not as many letters, you know. You pay the same price for Teller 11 as you would Stewart 11. (laughs) That's that's how my mind works. But I think it's a brilliant, brilliant player to have in our squad. All All the boys seem to love him. I saw Adam Armstrong after the game. Look very much telling the press how he's looking forward to playing him as he thinks it's a brilliant asset towards the club. But I think it's it's very nice to it's like a nice little surprise signing because obviously we signed him in the summer, but it feels like an early January transfer for us. And it'd be interesting. But I think I think it's also coming at a good time for his to make his debut with the international break. So he has like a few what was it, ten minutes, seven minutes, or what it was when he came on in the 80th minute, and under his belt, and he can show say hi to St Mary's, say hi to the fans but then be mm-hmm. back in full, full fitness after the international break's over. I'm very much looking forward to see what he can do. Yeah, I was talking to someone that went to the game a couple of days ago, and they said they were surprised with the reaction that Stuart came off the bench for someone that had never played for us before. Ollie, what did you make of the the few touches that you saw? Because for me, he's a bit of a, he's a bigger presence than I was mm. expecting. I was just it's like an Adam Armstrong, between Adam Armstrong and Chad, and someone that just likes to know how to hit the ball into the back of the net, where he just he seems to bring a lot more than that. No, he's he's bigger than I think everyone realised, and it also was a little bit strange because he went on and played out wide as well, which I don't <laughs> think is is his natural position, or at least not the one where he's been most suitable for when uh, the place where we signed him for. But yeah, he looks a bit of a, a presence, a bit of a, an all rounder. But he looked he looked sprightly when he came on. He looked fairly dangerous, which I think is. Uh, which is exciting. And I, I think he still looks sharp. I think he's still got pace as well, which is with a big injury. Sometimes you do worry 
Uh, I remember you mentioned Joe Rodriguez last year. Players who have a big injury come back and never quite look the same. But he still looks sharp and he still looks quick to me. So I think we've got I think we've got a player on our hands and hopefully he can integrate into the side and um, get, start getting some goals. Mentioning other players, Downs, he had another good performance, didn't he, Jamie? Someone that can keep the ball well in the midfield, but also, you know, behind Stuart Armstrong and Will Smallbone as well. He's a really tough tackler. He got a yellow card as well. Yeah, I think Flynn Downs has been a fantastic signing for us. It's only negative you can probably say about this, his signing is that it's not on per- a permanent basis and it's only on a loan. But it'd be, I, I think it'd be very interesting to see what happens with him in the summer, depending on if we get promoted or not, because... He is clearly a big fan of working under Russell Martin, but the law of your boyhood club of West Ham, you just won a trophy with and you proved your point in the championship. Can you make your way back in the Premier League side? I don't know. But all I, one thing I do know for a certain is I'm loving him in a Saints shirt because he always puts in 100%. And like his like passing accuracy is like unbelievable. Like He's just an absolute baller when he ever steps foot on the football pitch in a Saints shirt. That's just a fact. But yeah, and also he's not afraid to put the challenge in, hence the yellow card. But <laughs> but a better yellow card, I think, in the game was definitely um, Mason Holgate's one when he's just put his body on the line. He's like, no, you are not getting past me. I am a warrior. Absolutely. I mean, Ollie, would you take him as a permanent signing? You look at the West Ham squad at the moment, Suchek, War Prowse, Alvarez. There's plenty of people in his place and it seems like he's perfect for our midfield. Yeah, it's funny. I've always compared him to War Prowse and the player that might be keeping out of going back to West Ham might be War Prowse himself. They're a tailor-made fit, aren't they? They're exactly the same, pretty much, apart from the free <laughs> kicks. So it would be kind of... A little bit ironic if uh, there wasn't the space available for him. But, I mean, if we could keep him, absolutely. Like, I mean, there's nothing else to add apart from what from what Jamie said. The the impact that he's got and what he can provide for the team is is excellent. I think if we did go up, I think I think the, most of the players just want to prove themselves at the Premier League level. Yes, there might be an emotional cha- attachment to West Ham where he wants to kind of go back there and prove it himself. But if the money's right for both clubs and we can keep him around and... Most importantly, if he's playing in a system and a manager that he likes, I think we'd have a very good chance of keeping him. But the main priority now is to not get ahead of ourselves and start getting out the checkbook. It's keep the momentum going and try and get back into the Premier League. Well, I'm going to get ahead of myself here. Leicester lost again, Jamie. Are you starting to believe that we could possibly catch them. We're nine points behind them and Leicester, but they're having a bit bit of a wobble like we did and it could be quite difficult for them if they don't beat Watford. Well, I know I was extremely confident at the start of the year, and I made that very well known on the podcast. <laughs> but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it just yet because, like I said, they do. We do have another surprise team who's in the way of us getting that second place, which is in, in Ipswich Town, who are now level in points of Leicester. But I, I think I think it's a good sign to show that they are. They are able to be defeated, obviously, because we did lose, what, 4-1 to Leicester? Was it 4-0? 4-1, um, yeah. Yeah, 4-1 to them. So it's like, I thought we kind of maybe in the mindset of, uh, we know we can't beat them. We know our level. However, teams we have beaten are now beating Leicester. And I, I do truly think we next time we play, we are more of a level playing field because we are really settled in Russell Martin's football now. But I think the more interesting game would be the Ipswich one because they're still an unknown... Te- 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 
what's the word? Unknown entity. There we go. We had the T's there, ready to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just did. they're doing a they're doing a Southampton where they got promoted from the League One. They're going for back to back promotions. So I'd argue that they're more interesting ones to look out for because we kind of know how to play Leicester, but Ipswich are more an interesting aspect. And yeah, Leeds are above us as well, so they're going to be thinking that they can get into first and second place as well. Before we get into the Huddersfield game, Ollie, do you feel that people are starting to really believe in that Russell Martin system? I mean, after that loss against Middlesbrough, I think we all kept kept the faith in him. We still said that we give him a give him plenty of time, but a lot of people were calling for his heads. A lot of people were throwing ridiculous statements out there mm-hmm. saying that this is worse than Jones, it's worse than <laughs> Sellers, it's worse than yeah. Hazel, and all that sort of stuff. Do you think that they're now believers in this system and in this team. Yeah, I think they've seen that it can work and I think that's a real benefit. We've had a struggle. We've kind of got past that. So I think there's a bit of a those initial worries that people go, oh, this isn't going to work. And I think we've seen a snowball of like uh, errors going on when we've been in the Premier League. So people just think after a few losses, it's it's never going to go, go right. It's just going to go rolling down into League One or whatever. But no, we recovered. We now proved and we're on our, our best form we've seen in, in years. I, I mean, how many times has it we've seen three wins in a row? I reckon it's been, yeah, at least a couple of years now that we've seen that. So I think people would now have that, a little bit of belief, like you said. I mean, maybe not to go and win the whole thing, but definitely to have more confidence in the way that we're playing. And also know that if it does drop off a little bit, if we do pick up a couple of losses, I don't think we'll go on the same amount of losing spree that we did previously in the season. But if it does start to drop off a little bit, we still know that it can work and we can see it. We can see the results. So I think it overall just kind of provides a little bit of, of comfort for, for the fans. I mean, we've got more points in the last eight games than any other team in the championship. I believe we've accumulated 20 in that time. But can we make it 23-9? and nine? Huddersfield up next. They're only just above the relegation zone. Four points. Three wins this season. They started with Neil Warnock. They've now got Darren Moore. Huddersfield away, Jamie. How do you feel about that? I always remember Huddersfield because remember when they got relegated in the Prem, we played them last game of the season. They gave their fans their third kit for free. Like yeah, every single that. seat had like, yeah, I remember like after the game, like I think they like, must have had so much stock left. Like, there's like kids <laughs> wearing three XL shirts. I was like, that's a really cool thing to do. Just give away shirts after an abysmal season. But I think, back to your point though, of um, <laughs> having having Darren Moore as a manager, I think is is definitely going to have help them in a bit, will help them throughout the rest of the season, not necessarily against us as such, but because I think after that very emotional promotion push he had, obviously then getting getting relieved of his duties because he asked for his assistant managers to have more money after getting them promoted, which is a bit unfair. But I think it'll be a very interesting interesting game. But I said. I'm not too worried about it because they still have like the teething issues with more going to them. But I don't know. I, I, I just, I got too much confidence in Russell Martin. That's the issue. I don't want to start being too cocky because we got nine, nine games without a loss. If we get a, a point or a, a win there, but I just, I've really liked the idea of going 10 without losing. Mm. I just feel like we'd lose to Huddersfield being a small, not a smaller side than championship, but a, a significantly worse side to us. It would just be the, the optimum chance for us to do a classic Southampton move and lose. So 
I'm very confident, but also not at the same time. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to think, did we draw one all in that game against Huddersfield when they, they got all those free shirts? So even though they had a horrendous season, we couldn't quite beat them. Although I think Nathan Redmond scored a stunner in that. Yeah, with Darren Moore, Chan and him, I think they've got opposing views to why, why that didn't quite work out. But <laughs> hopefully for him, after this game, it'll work out at Huddersfield. Ollie, what do you think about the game coming up? It does feel like a bit of a banana skin, like Jamie said. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with Jamie, but I think the mentality of the players shouldn't be let's not try and slip up here. Where I think they'll be wary of that in the back of their minds. But I think the main belief should be in look at the people we have beaten previously, look at the the quality that they've they have, they hold, and we've managed to beat them. Um so I hope we can try and use that. I think no matter how we're going into the side, if there are potential issues or suspensions. I mean Russell Martin's suspended. Oh yeah, yeah. That's of no. I don't know. I, I found that out today. That apparently he's got a touchline ban for free yellow cards. So legend. Um, yeah, yeah, legend. Um, I don't know how much that will affect us really, but I, I don't think it will be a, a massive one. Um, but I think it, we should just try and try and beat them with our quality. We know. I think man for man, we will be will we'll be better than them. But I think as long as we don't get bullied, we play our style. Uh, and we show our quality, I think we should be okay. So yes, it could be a potential banana skin, but I think we have the quality to um, to turn them over. Turn them over? Maybe that's a bit, bit much. Uh, to, to come away with three points. Oh, Ollie mentioned the Russell Martin suspension there, and he wasn't sure what impact it would make. Jamie, do you think having him in the stands rather than the touchline, do you think the players will ease off? Do you think they... How do you think it will affect them? I think he's one thing I've noticed that he also lots of every manager shouts at their players on the pitch and whatnot, but the players really seem to respond to having him there on the sidelines because he's always there, always being very, very vocal and making sure the team's playing how he wants to play. So I think it'll definitely be interesting to see if the players can keep up his high demand, high demanding football. Yeah, be interesting to see how the assistant does on the touchline in comparison because I'm sure. They'll be as vocal as the legend that is Russell Martin. But I think it'll be a nice test to see how we do overall, is my point. <laughs> I don't know how this question always seems to drop at your feet, Ollie, but would you make any changes to the side? Would would Bednarek come back in? I think that's the big question that a lot of people have. Because when Manning came out the side through suspension, James Bree came in. He has now kept his place. Mason Holgate, man of the match. Mm. It feels like he's got a good a good uh, say to say, do you know what? I want to stay in this team. I think I deserve to stay in this team. And Bednarek's going to have to watch from the bench. Yeah, I think it'd be very unfair to, to drop the man of the match. I think, especially for morale as well. If you, what, does it, what does it say to other players as well? If you if you put in a man of the match performance and then you're dropped to the bench just because someone's previously been having a good game, I don't think is fair. So that's a very good point you make. I think I always say that you shouldn't change a winning team. I agree with my previous statement, uh, and I think it's a good point. I think Bednarak has had better games overall at the start of the season, but Mason Holgate played very well last week. I think he deserves to keep his place. Um, so for me, I wouldn't be changing it. Jamie, would you go for the consistency of Bednarek or maybe the the momentum of Holgate? He's had one really good game, and even though there's a two-week break to his next, he's going to be feeling confident. I fully agree with what Ollie said. I think like the perfect example is James Bree. He's performing unbelievably for us at the moment. But I, I think 
but I think Bednarek has a bit more to lose than Holgate. Obviously, being in that Polish, he just got back in that Polish squad, which he was left out of the previous international break. So, and that's, that's the only thing I would argue for him over, purely because Bednarek is probably the only reason why he's sticking around is because of regular football, and he won't want to be on the bench. So he might might possibly kick up a fuss about it. See, because I think that's the only, that's the only issue I could possibly see from that. But I think Ollie had some very good points, so not too much to add, really. And Ollie, are we still saying Stuart on the bench, but do you think he could make an impact earlier in the game? That I think because he had a, a practice match or two during the international break, hopefully if he gets his fitness up and we need a goal, maybe mm. with 30 minutes left, we can add him to the mix and see what happens. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't, don't think we're afraid of doing a little bit of an early substitution. And if we know he can have... I mean, he already played a game for the under-23s, I believe, uh, and got off the mark there. So if he's got 30, 40 minutes in the legs and we we look like we need something shaken up, it, it isn't working, we are being nullified, then, yeah, let's get him on early and see if he can um, can make an impact. The only thing I don't want to do is we've taken so long and been so considered with his return to the side. Um, so as long as we're not rushing and putting too much strain on him, I'd really be taking the physio's advice on that one. But if they clear him for 30, 35 minutes, then let's get him on the pitch and see what he can do. Now, before we get to the score predictions, I want some points predictions for the rest of the year. There's no more international breaks after this one. So it's a, a clean sweep until I think about March time in the championship. To read out the, the fixtures that we've got, Huddersfield away, Bristol City at home, Cardiff at home, Watford away, Coventry away, Blackburn at home, QPR away, Swansea at home and Plymouth at home as well. Jamie, how many points do you think we'll get from those nine games left in 2023? 27. 27 points. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I, just, I, just, I was just doing my nine times tables quick maths there. But um, I think a genuine answer, that I probably would say around 20 points, I think is a fair assessment from that. Because I think there's some, obviously we haven't necessarily got the, much of the top dogs of Leeds, Leicester and Ipswich in there. So I think dropping a few points like here and there in a draw, maybe one or two losses, I think 20 is a fair thing to guess at. Yeah, maybe not being disrespectful, but there's no standout fixtures exactly. that you really think, wow, this is going to be really difficult. Maybe Watford away there, starting to pick up their form at the moment. A 5-0 win against Rotherham on the weekend as well was really impressive. Ollie, nine games left in 2023. How many points do you think we'll get? I've put down 17. I think that's just under two points a game. Uh, or is it just over? I don't know. Um but yeah, the I, the reason I've done that is I think we will take a few more draws. If we've got games where we're going to have three games in a week, I think there'll be a lot of places where we'll go to, a lot of travelling, a lot of rotation where we'll go, we'll take the point and we'll move on. I think what we've done so far between the two international breaks has been really positive for our season because we've got maximum points out of a lot of games, which will really help us. But I think... Up until Christmas, the main thing was just getting points on the board. And I think rotation will be necessary. So therefore, I think our stronger sides won't be playing some of these games. I think, yes, we will still have the quality to to get points out of them. But I don't think we'll be seeing as many wins, which I don't think will necessarily be a bad thing. I think as long as we can just keep momentum going, then that will be the important part. But yeah, uh, I've gone for, for 17. Harry, what do you think, mate? How many points do we get out of these nine games? I mean, if we want to gain promotion, it's got to be at least 20. We can't lose too many. I think in that run, if we're looking at Ollie's maths, we're losing two, two, maybe three games, winning five, drawing two in that run as well. 
And I can just see teams like Leeds, teams like Ipswich, teams like Leicester, especially with their squad depth. I don't think they'll slip up that often. And if we want to keep tabs on that top two, do you know what? We can we can lose two, but we've got to win all the other games in that as well. So minimum that I would take would be 20. And Jamie, from this 2023 period, what players out of the squad do you think can gain the most out of that? You look at Aribo, Sakumara, Adozi, three mm-hmm. players that haven't really played that much. Do you think they could gain a lot? Because they will be getting their chances over this period. Yeah, I, I think the three out of the three players mentioned there, I think Aribo and Adozi, the main two I'd be really excited for. I'm not too overly fussed about um, Sakumara, but I think, yeah, Adozi and Aribo really have a point to prove because I think it's not necessarily for Sam, but for Joe, it's a very big few weeks because it's whether he should stay or go in the January because realistically, he's still fighting for a spot in the Nigerian national team and he realistically, he's not playing much. He's not He won't be in there for when it comes to the, the AFCON that's coming up in January or I think it is of February time. So he needs to have that regular playing spot and otherwise he won't make the team. And what is is getting older now as well. I mean, kind of, I kind of thought that he'd be a more consistent face in our eleven, being that he's played in the championship before and the League One with Charlton, so he knows how to play in the lower leagues. Unfortunately, he really hasn't done it. So these few weeks will be massive for him, whether he stays at the club or leaves. It feels like Aribo is a really good technical player, but I just, I don't know what position he would play. I'm, mm. I'm in completely agree with you that I think he needs to get more minutes and I think he probably deserves to get more minutes over this period as well. I think a couple of times he's come off the bench, he's looked promising, but is he best in the midfield? Is he the best up front? Is he at his best on the right? I'm really not too sure. So hopefully Russell Martin can figure that one out. But it's my favourite time of the podcast. It's score prediction time. Huddersfield versus Southampton. Ollie, what do you think is going to happen? I think we will have the quality to beat Huddersfield. Um, Like you said, it could be a potential banana skin. Um, We could have a little bit of an upset, a bit of a tough game. But to be honest, I think we will have um, just a bit of a better game. Show our quality. So I think uh, 3-1. And Jamie? I'm going to go for a narrow 1-0 victory because I just not, like I said, I think it's the banana skin all over, written all over it. So 1-0 victory. Maybe a little Ross Stewart late minute goal as, oh. a, as a classic. And it'll be like a wee man assist as well. <laughs> Usual business. Nice. Well, I'll go for 2-0. I think we like keeping away clean sheets against teams in the middle, maybe the bosser echelons of the table. So, you know, like you said, Stuart maybe gets a goal to his name. And do you know what? I think Che Adams will come off the bench and he'll silence some of the doubters as well. Anyway, that's all we've got time for for this week's episode of the podcast. We had a look at that fantastic fourth versus fifth win against West Bromwich Albion, which is probably one of our toughest tests over that eight-game period. And we previewed the game after the international break against Huddersfield. My name's Harry Tizard. I've been joined by Ollie Boast. Thank you very much for listening. Jamie Allen. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, after the international break, we'll be looking back at a win against Huddersfield and we'll be previewing games against Bristol City and Cardiff. We'll see you then.